0: the ACC Basketball Degenerates Podcast. We've reached episode 5. We're still around, and the focus of this installment will be hashing out the ACC Big Ten Challenge, how the ACC fared beyond the final tally. Yeah, we know, the Big Ten won. Congratulations. But we're going to go more in-depth than that than the 8-6 rundown. We're also going to tell you how we did from a gambling perspective, so how we fared in that standpoint. Uh, So without any further minutiae. In the intro. I'm Luke Near, your host. To my left, Taylor Pilkington. He's an editor for Virginia Living Magazine. Hello. Guthrie Alexander is here. Still don't have a title for him yet, but maybe that'll come in the new year. Work in we're progress. Close. Work in to, progress. How's yeah, it going? We're close to twenty sixteen. And Mike Jaffe, our Vegas insider, he definitely has a title.
1: Oh, that's right. He f-
0: Fake it till you make it, baby. He finishes out our round table. We're thrilled to be here and we're gonna we're gonna cover these games. Taylor, you have an exciting list an exciting outline for us to run down. You're going to throw hot takes around the table as well. Each one of us is going to break down, I guess, a hot take, but we're going to go in-depth on the most important matchups of the day. And let me just say this about the Big Ten, okay? Congratulations. I hope you feel good about yourselves winning this challenge. But It's a dark day. The cream is what matters. The world is
2: bleak, a desolate wasteland. We
0: said this last podcast, what what matters is how the upper echelon does. And you know what? The ACC won the upper echelon again, so I don't even care. Did we say that? We did say that. It's certainly... It's on tape. It can help us feel better. You of all people should go... Probably have been going back and listening to previous episodes, but... You
2: have to watch film. Yeah.
1: I mean, you never really hear the podcast until you hear it in the shower. Alone on a Tuesday
0: morning. Fair enough. I just want to throw out some stats because we we do love to give numbers. Duke has lost, what, twice in its history in the Big Ten ACG Challenge, right? Sounds right. Sounds good. Virginia under Bennett is 6-1, right? I believe. And... North Carolina, yeah, they just got a victory over Maryland, so congratulate, Good job, North Carolina. Yeah, they, they're generally above 500, right? I mean, I don't know it off the top of my head. They're, so those I three, those well, three yeah. all came through again for the ACC. Uh, we'll get to Louisville. Uh, probably should have won that one, but Taylor, where would you like to start?
2: Uh, let's start with the big one. Let's start with uh, UNC Maryland. Let's
0: get into it. So North Carolina-Maryland was the primetime Tuesday matchup Dean Dome. The venue, lots of scoring, fantastic guard play on both ends. Page, Trimble were both out of their minds shooting at least.
2: Fun game to watch.
0: There was, um, I don't know, it was strange. I didn't know which North Carolina team I was watching because they shot an unbelievable percentage from three, like 75%. That was the number one thing that stood out to me in that game.
2: Different game in the first half and the second half. Sure. I think the entire game was summed up to me in the first half. Two possessions of the game. The first one, Marcus Page drove through the lane, dished it, easy bucket. Dunker, easy layup. Second possession, he came down, he nailed a three. And they, the camera cut to Roy Williams, and he was kind of smiling and chuckling in his little way.
0: Yeah, Roy, I'm, I'm happy for you. North Carolina can score, and I think everybody needs to come to terms with this. They are going to find ways, and they're going to score easy buckets. We, we kind of had a... A little bit of a discussion about this without Page. North Carolina without Page, yes, it's a challenge for them at times. When he's around, it seems like there's a lot more layups that are going in on the North Carolina end. Now, Maryland is is a below-average defensive team. I don't know where are they in Kempom. Are they even right. on the Kempom board, Taylor? Uh, you would know this.
1: <laughs> they they are below 150. Yeah. Um, in terms of defensive efficiency, uh, they they are not a skilled defensive team, especially one on one. You have to wonder where where they are down low. They're. Ac- oh no! Go ahead. They're actually
2: the yeah. 41st ranked defense. Okay, so by efficiency, according yeah, to but Kendall.
0: they're outside of the. the and 30.
2: I I said last week, and I will eat my words. I said I think Maryland's big guys will. Be able to stop and defend UNC. You did
0: that. Guys. You went out on an island on that one because Mike and I loved UNC's big we men, did. And, and,
2: I, and, I, did. and I and I love them too. And they Meats, love. Watching they definitely
0: Kennedy had their. They got their lion's share. I think yes, they, they, they got their points. Especially so in do, the first. Don't half. claim victory in that one. You don't get. Oh a no, game I'm, or I'm
2: admitting that I was wrong. Okay, good. This is a mea culpa.
0: The flip side of that. All right, I want to talk about this. Diamond Stone early on when he was getting the ball on the block, I felt like those were high percentage plays for Maryland. I really did. Yes, I, I agree. was not impressed at all with whatever. Johnson and Burger Boy Kennedy Meeks were doing in there, and that could be one of the only mm, North Carolina needs to work on that. Well, they're not
3: exactly you know stellar defensive players. That's right. Like the 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 strength of the North Carolina defense is certainly on the perimeter. It's with it's with uh, you know with with Page back. But didn't you
0: feel like Diamond Stone when he got the ball in the block? That was a high percentage play for Maryland. Absolutely, they went, away, they went away from it in the second half a little bit. Understandably, they needed threes to get back in the game, but that was that was just an observation of mine.
1: I mean, they were exposing Kennedy Meeks' inability to cover the pick and roll. Mellow Tremble looked amazing early on. They were exposing Kennedy Meeks uh, being able to fall back and cover Diamond Stone. Uh, it was it was a lot of openings early for Maryland. They got away from that, started shooting the three. Really, it was turnovers. Yeah, I think that just absolutely killed mm. Maryland. 12 in the first 12 minutes um, on the road, you're just not going to be able to do that to beat a team of the caliber of North Carolina.
2: I mean, if yeah. you were a Maryland fan, though, ha- I mean, if you're if, down If you were four a Maryland points, fan, can, a we, Maryland can we fan. just start with that? I'm just saying. <laughs> How would you feel? Put yourself in their
0: place. Well, I would feel like a troll, first of if. all. <laughs>
2: that's unfair.
1: Fifty million dollars—that's what it took for them to leave the <laughs> ACC. They should. We should be covering them every week, but fifty I mean, million dollars. Tell me what it feels. So, like. if you
0: were a Maryland fan, can Let's we rephrase say, that? If you were a t- like an awful person, yeah. Continue now.
2: Maryland was down four. About twelve minutes left in the first half. They're down four points, but they had nine turnovers at that point, and you have to. From the from perspective of that's a lot of turnovers a lot more than you want to be giving up down four points not that bad I mean there's yeah, a lot really, of upside to look at
3: it really wasn't that bad right. they were down double digits in the first half it looked like it might get out of hand Trimble did not look quite as on point as I've seen him in the past in the, this season the the high ball screen was sort of working you know Meeks Meeks and Johnson weren't quite there on on the hedging or or the high ball screen defense. Uh, it, it, but it was a struggle for Trimble to get going in the first I, half.
2: Trimble is a very hard person to hedge high and then roll back because some of those passes he made were just fantastic. Yeah. I mean, oh threading yeah, the needles. And I think one of the themes I'm seeing a lot this year in the ACC is a lot of teams going to the very hard high hedge off the ball screen. And they're, and it, it demands a lot of your big guys to move up and hedge a ball handler like Page or Trimble or anybody and then recover into the paint. And UVA's been doing this, and some teams have been doing it to a lesser extent for certain times, but now I see a lot of teams using that high hedge, and it's it's difficult to pull off if you if you don't have a front court that can be mobile and recover into the paint in time.
0: Okay, I want to simplify this and put a bottom line on this Maryland-North Carolina matchup. Did Maryland feel like the number two team in the country when you guys were watching?
1: They did not. Not no. in this match. I mean, I think that's yeah, clear. Uh, Unfortunately
0: no. not. No. no, I don't think so either.
1: I mean, what does what that number two team in the country really look like, though? Is that a up-and-down team that can also defend? Well, this is
0: also the wonk year. We need to let everybody know that. 2015 to 2016 is, is not what we saw a year ago. Yeah, Let's I mean, who's the play second play, best team in the country right, play right now? The quality is down considerably. Yeah, Yeah.
2: So yeah. who's your who is mean, your number 2 team in the country right now? Who's well, your number 1 team
0: in the country?
1: I mean, I would think across the board it's got to be Purdue. Purdue's got to be your number 2 team in the country right
0: now. Wow. Wow. Well, that's uh
1: I would say Villanova being number 1.
0: I'd say That's m- a minority opinion oh, wow. first of the day. <laughs> All <right>. I like <laughs> I it. first of the day. I
1: think you'll find uh, Michigan State is probably going to be at the top of the polls right. uh, yeah, this week given, given the losses uh, Earlier this week to the top 2 but I, to me, it's Villanova. And Villanova's it's up
0: there. Villanova, I would put it two, maybe.
1: Yeah, I'd, I I'd put who Michigan I, State.
0: I don't know who Villanova my one, one is. One, yeah, that's that's yeah, that though. sounds about right. Do we but have I'm, anything else to
3: say about you know, North Carolina I'm white Maryland? Bread.
2: I'm straight down the middle. I'm Wonderbread, so that's <laughs> <how I
1: feel. laughs> you, you are known for that. Yeah,
0: um, you are Wonderbread. Yeah, I
1: mean, I'll, I'll say one other thing about the North Carolina Maryland game. Um, you know, a lot of a lot was made about Marcus Page coming back and the impact that he had on the game. I still think that Joel Berry was the MVP of the game. I think that he hit big three after big three. I think that he covered, I don't think, I know that he covered Melo Tremble all game. I thought he did an admiral job at doing that. Um, mm-hmm. To me, he, he was a true difference in that game. Marcus Page gave the energy that they needed to get through it. Kennedy, me- Kennedy Meeks played exceptionally well. Um, but I think, to me, Joel Berry was uh, was a critical yeah. point. A three-point Trimble shooting had. is something
2: we didn't even talk about. Oh, no, yeah. no, we
1: didn't. Whoa, 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 sir. North Carolina. Uh, someone on this side of wait, the table said they would shoot say, 65% North- and
2: win by 12. They, <laughs> they shot... 9 for 13, nearly 70% from three-point range. That is not going to happen every game.
1: No, it will not.
3: Yeah. <laughs> of course, of course no, not. I mean, but, yeah. I mean, it's Maryland. They They struggle
0: defensively. Speaking of Joe Barry, are we sure
3: he's nineteen
0: or, or twenty or however old he is? Have you, uh, he's, yeah,
1: he's got that he's got that like old face, <laughs> Looks like right? He's late twenties. <laughs> yeah. I mean,
3: he's three time basketball uh, Mr. Basketball in the state of Florida. Yeah, like, that's right. I, that's
0: I in that's high hard. school. I'm saying, are, are we sh- are, are we sure? I had to drop that. In. He's timeless. Are, are we sure? Maybe I mean, there's a portrait. Of I him, went on North Carolina's website slowly. and they, they they gave me his birthday, which I think is April Fool's Day. Uh, but they didn't give the year, so mm. <laughs> <laughs> he looks like he's old. The yeah, like an in. old man out there.
1: He does. He looks exactly like uh, Pat Miles from Portland. If you if you happen to go back there and look at some NBA, uh, that's, but, that's yeah. a big Yeah, so, who, who's you know. also I think you know he's timeless. Really, how old is he? How young is he? Who cares? He's timeless.
2: I think Pat Miles and Serge, Serge Zwicker are two players on the. Uh, degenerates all-time
0: well team. we're gonna get Zwicker on the podcast yeah. uh, so just stay tuned for that he will be decks. a guest he will be a guest let's talk about michigan state and louisville next gentlemen we've reached our second game this one did not go in favor of the acc it went to michigan state who if like a scale of one to luck box one being just i don't know the detroit lions or the cleveland brown or just cleveland in general where does michigan state rank on this list is that that that's just a fortuitous team? I believe now. Yeah, they're good. They have good coaching, and good things happen to good teams with good coaching. But, but Louisville should have won that game. God, they look so good. Should have won that game. Oh, they you look believe so that? good.
3: Absolutely. Yeah, no, I, I think so. Tell me why. I think Tell so. Tell me why. Guthrie, how would you start? I don't know, man. I mean, they just they, it seemed like, uh, well, so there were some questionable foul calls down the line, um, but. Trey Lewis A likely excuse. Right. But that's you know, that's the standard right, you know, that uninteresting. It was in the Breslin Center line. Yeah. Uh Trey Lewis was outstanding. Like I I thought he was completely what Louisville needed um, in the transfer window, if you want to call it. I that. like
0: this I like this Louisville team. They're also known
3: as I'm, college I'm a, free agency. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, he was he was terrific. Uh, Patino played that transfer market. This was the first like game, fail. the first Louisville game I'd seen start to finish. And I was, there, there were a lot of question marks going into this game because they really hadn't played anyone. Like St. Louis was the the, the the best team that they'd played up until this point. And who they, they had
2: trouble with early and then ran away with the game.
3: Right, right. But they, they were winning by more than three. So they were winning by three at halftime. They were winning by much more than three like at one point in, now, the, first in the first half. Now, in the first
0: half, here's my observation with Louisville. They were getting to the rim. They were getting to the rim. They were missing layups. How many layups did they miss? They just rolled around and and wouldn't fall. They're getting good looks. They could have built that lead. I think it reached... Did it reach double digits in the first half?
1: It did. It did. They were up 14, I believe. Yeah.
0: I mean, if a few more of those layups fall, I mean, I don't, I don't know. That's It's if, ips and buts, but...
2: So let me ask two questions for the our our na- new Louisville convert over here. One, it's the end of the game. You're down one point. You need a basket. Who are you drawing up the play for, Trey Lewis or Damian Lee?
3: It's a good question. Uh, I have to say, probably Damian Lee. He looks a little more confident in like the half court set. Uh, Trey Lewis is much more like of an athlete. He got uh, a few steals that I remember, and like
0: yeah, Damian Lee gets to the rim more. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah, that's that. That,
3: that that would be my go-to. He
0: draws fouls. Um,
3: They're both too. about yeah. the same yeah.
0: caliber of three-point shooters. Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah,
0: and, you know, but decent,
3: just, decent, not great.
0: You and, can get by. And comparing this year's Louisville team to last year's, those two guys shooting around forty percent for three—that's an outstanding upgrade from what we saw with Chris Jones and Terry Rozier. I mean, if we remember watching those guys play, it was a given that at least a couple attempts would hit the backboard. It's kind of how the The way I feel about Clemson also, but we'll get to them later. Other observations from Louisville and Michigan State, gentlemen.
2: Is Denzel Valentine the player of the year?
1: I would say as of right now, as of today, Denzel Valentine has to be the player of the year.
0: But what is it, December 6th?
1: As of this date. This is it, 30 days in. I'm, I'm, I'm calling John Wooden. Is he still with us? Hot takes. I'm calling John. He may have actually passed last year handing him the award, Valentine is our player of the year right now.
0: Okay. Way to go out on a limb, guys. What else from that Louisville-Michigan State game would we like to break down maybe the second half?
1: I mean, I would say from from the game as a whole, there were two things that really came out to me as, as players that I had not yet watched, which were the freshmen of Michigan State and Louisville, um, I would say, first of all, Devontae Davis uh, from Michigan State really took over the game in the paint. I don't see how he continues to come off the bench for them. I think that he was dominant in his in his inside play. I think he had a part in every big play defensively. And I would also say Donovan Mitchell from Louisville. Uh, to me, he yeah. was a younger version of Malcolm Brogdon, constantly in control, great balance to his game. I thought that he, uh, he played incredibly well. I think the game eventually got away from Louisville because of the sharp shooting Michigan State. I think that Michigan State is probably the best shooting team in the country right now. I think that they're the best rebounding team in the country right now. I think when you have the combination of those two skills, I think you're going to end up being the number one team in the country, which is what they will be coming out in the polls next week. Now,
0: one observation I'll tell you from this game. Michigan State looked, right from the opening tip, like, oh, chest puffed out, we're Michigan State, number two in the country. We're in the ACC Big Ten Challenge. We're going to take care of business. And then Louisville just went and punched him in the mouth. And like Louisville was not backing down that game. That's what I was impressed with them. They were fighting. They were throwing it back at Michigan State. And uh, you know they, they came up short in the end. But that was a grind for both teams. And I think Michigan State, when they take the floor against a lot of teams, they just wait for them to wilt or to get frustrated or to just give up. But, but Louisville, I was impressed by the fact that they just – Got after it, even though they lost they got after Michigan State right.
2: da- down the stretch I think that Louisville's front court was outclassed by Michigan states so Michigan State okay. had seventeen offensive rebounds to Louisville's sixteen defensive rebounds uh, and when you get that many second chance points it's it's difficult to make up for that
1: yeah and I would say inside defensively for Louisville I think that um, they're astounding you know in the front court however, I think offensively Onuaku and Matang, um, despite his free throw jumper against UVA last year, I haven't seen any offensive production since then from him. I think there's a lot to oh, be really? desired on the some, front
0: line. He's not like a a twenty and ten guy. No, you he, know, Mathiang.
1: No, he is not. He oh. is not. You know, yeah. I, I we yeah. always hoped and dreamed that mm. he would be. You know, I, I that's I, surprising. I, <laughs> uh, but yeah, I, I agree with you though. What, just going back to what you said about Louisville coming out and hitting Michigan State in mouth, they they looked great. I mean, you look, at, you look at Snyder, who's actually been a little bit non-existent, but also Damian Lee, Trey Lewis, just attacking, just attacking in the paint, um, offensively looking strong, hitting big three after big three. I, I was really impressed with Louisville. Um, did not expect much from them this year and expected them to wilt well, in was, this game. It was they a hard not. team
0: to handicap because their non-conference was just as despicable as Notre Dame's. They have one you know, difficult game, and that's Kentucky.
1: Yes, I, I think that Louisville will go in 11-1 and to that game.
2: And honestly, I think that uh,
0: yeah, they're going eleven to one into yeah, that game. We, I, we don't have to say what we think that's they're it, going eleven yeah. one. A final that
2: word game. on their front court going into that game, looking far into the future. Louisville is uh, their offensive rebounding percentage is number one in the nation.
3: Yes, by a, yeah, by they a pretty wide margin. They hit the boards so.
0: pretty hard. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and- Guthrie, Mahmud. Not act like he's first year Marshall Plumlee. Right, I mean, he can walk. Oh no, I mean, he I'm, can do I'm not
3: saying I'm not saying that. I just remember Rick Pitino. It was either last year or the year before. Was talking about how the, at the end of the game, this was like a, a November December game. They had four white guys and an Egyptian on the floor. Mm-hmm. What, what do you expect?
0: We're moving on on that note again. <laughs> that
1: is
2: a derogatory <laughs> statement. That is, that is a CBS sitcom waiting to happen. Call us, Moonves.
0: Four, four white guys in Egyptian. Four white right? guys in Egyptian. Yeah, that's a direct quote. Sweet, <laughs> sweet, sweet. Direct quote. <laughs> Next game. Virginia at Ohio State. Linda Parentes, a.k.a. He also, I, I think he looks like a pharaoh with that hairstyle. So, I've been calling Love him pharaoh. Love the high fade. But my favorite, of nice course, transition. also known as Caceres, he was not involved in Columbus. Virginia, it was just a grinded-out win. I mean, Ohio State's not very good, so no. Virginia fans didn't leave feeling excited after that win. They expected to win, and I guess you'd say the only pleasing part to a Charlottesville native or a Virginia fan would be that they got it done without Prentice. But yeah, let's go ahead and start. Let's go around the round table, Taylor.
2: I mean, let's say the main takeaway for me, the main storyline here with Virginia is that if you if you're a casual fan and you're watching them, you'll hear commentators all the time say, Oh, this Virginia defense, second in the nation last year, before that, league leading, all this kind of stuff. Let's let's face facts here. The defense is it's not, a different defense. It's not this year what mm-hmm. it once was. It's not there. It is yeah. not the top defense. Um, the the interior defense in particular leaves a lot to be desired. Every time I see a any post player, whoever it is, not even just not even the best post players in the world, but, you know, guys getting... L-
0: One. Uh, guys just what, are, what are you talking about? What are you talking post. about? <laughs> He's been blabbering on for the last three minutes. What are you I'm, trying to get out?
2: I'm saying that it is. it breaks down the pack line defense when players are able to establish deep post position
0: easily. There we go. Cool. I would
2: love to see Virginia's interior defenders front the post or at least three-quarter front the post and defend that pass, make it tough to establish that position because otherwise it really hurts the effectiveness of UVA's defense since that's, that's what you're seeing so far this right. year.
0: Bottom line, quote of the day, take of the day for me, maybe the week, maybe the month. Isaiah Wilkins needs to play with crunch time. I think we're at that point right now with this team. He's moving so well out there. He's covering up mistakes often from the other two. He's active. I don't care that he's not 6'9". He has springs in his feet. He gets up, and I, I love what I'm seeing from Wilkins thus far. And I think he needs to play in crunch time. You know, you'd like to pair the seniors together, but I just don't think it's plausible at this point. I don't think I think if you're you know, dollars to donuts, the best lineup, if you're examining this team from an unbiased perspective, deep down, you think Wilkins needs to be on the floor and they look better with him.
1: I'd say from an unbiased perspective, dollars to donuts is the best thing I've heard today. All right. But also I, I would agree that uh Wilkins it just has has the energy to really bring UVA's defense together. He reminds me of the legacy already passed down by Akeel Mitchell and uh, you know Watkins before. I'm sorry, um, Thompson before him. Darian Atkins. Darian Atkins. Ralph Sampson. Let's just keep too going back. Many, Too many, too many <laughs> to count. Uh, Travis Watson. Yes, he, he, also, T-Watt. Ooh, T-Watt. Oh, Travis Watson. Good shout out. T-Watt, He's on, on my Williams. UVA Mount
0: Rushmore. Alden Polonese.
1: Uh, but yes, he he falls <laughs> very much in that same ilk of undersized uh, power forwards that can really bring it defensively. All
0: right. I'm going to end on this Tony Bennett quote from the other day. He said it plain and simple four words. Isaiah is bringing life. And that's what this team needs in interior defending right now Because it eh, eh, doesn't look great. Anything else on this subject? Gil, Toby. We, are these guys different from last year? Are they different players? Last question, real quick.
3: Unfortunately, No.
0: Yeah, they look like the same guys, or similar guys.
3: Yeah, unfortunately I feel like Toby and Gil have, they look pretty much the same. Uh, Gil looks maybe a little more aggressive on the offensive end, which is great. We need that. Toby, defensively... we I
0: like that We, Yeah, nice. Oh, God. <laughs>
3: I mean, I... <laughs> the, the homer has been homer. rooted okay, out. Maybe, maybe it's just, that should be my title, the resident homer. So anyway, UVA, the bigs, Gil and Toby look pretty much the same. Uh, unfortunately... Toby Toby's defense is lacking I think it's still like a big a big True. exploit um, it's it re- he really needs like he needs to work on either fronting the man in the post like Taylor was telling telling us or like just making sure that his man doesn't receive the ball like in the paint three feet from the basket which he is, looks
2: a little plodding
0: there I say that word
3: yeah, he's I, – I don't know. I don't know if he's ever going to be where Akil Mitchell was. Well, on, Mitchell had incredible footwork,
0: and so did Atkins. Yeah. Even though It's footwork that really needs the problem. Okay. West Virginia is – It's a up. life lesson. For, West Virginia for right in the garden is next up for this Virginia team on Tuesday.
1: All right, and I'll give you the line for that. That is UVA minus three, and it will be hosted in Madison Square Garden Um facing off against a Mountaineers team that is thriving right now under their pressure defense. Um, big question here uh, from a gambling perspective and from a real-life perspective is whether whether uh, UVA's point guard, London Perantes will play in the game. Obviously um, critical from what I've in heard, this in Can this I matchup. tell you
0: something that I heard today? If he, if he was practicing today and he looked able, he's going to play. So... It's and, huge. And that's that's on Sunday. And then West Virginia first in the day. nation in first forcing We're turnovers. We're on Sunday. Mm-hmm. Say they are. one more time. They are.
2: West Virginia first in the nation in forcing turnovers. First in the nation in steal percentage. First in the nation in limiting opponents three-point shooting
0: percentage. And that's helpful. But Devin Williams is where this team is generating their production offensively, at least. And uh, Devin Williams, is he going to get 20 against Virginia? I mean, I don't see why not. Yeah, with the way,
3: with the way our defense is guarding interior players and defending against
0: offensive rebounds, but thankfully West Virginia shoots twenty eight percent from three. So Devin Williams it's be: it's going to be up Bex. to Rex Bex, aka Doctor Octopus, to, to take down this Virginia. <laughs> it makes team. him a better playing wearing
2: those Rex huh? Yeah,
0: yeah, proves his vision. So who do we like here? Let's get some picks in. You like Doc Ock and Huggins and the uh, the Mountaineers. Don't oh, you? I
2: love
1: Huggins in New York City. That man is going to eat three steaks. He's going to be feeling terrific. He he. Huggins is going to coach this team to perfection. I like West Virginia here.
0: Well, you have to drink wine with steak. (laughs) So can he come to the game boozed up?
1: You know, that is an excellent question. I doubt it. I doubt it. But nobody in New York cares. It's a city that never sleeps. Blah, blah, blah. But regardless of all these kind of soft ideas, um, the real reason that West Virginia will win this game is their ability to defend the three. UVA has become overly reliant on shooting the three late in games. Mm. I don't like UVA to win this game. I think they lose in the Jimmy V Classic. I like West Virginia plus
0: three. Well, Virginia's been great in transition so far this year, so if they beat the press, they're going right to the rim. That's why I think Virginia has an upper hand, especially with Thompson. I mean, even if Parentis doesn't play, you know, I think Thompson can make this team play. I think Brogdon will make this team play. He's smart enough. He's re- cerebral enough that once he gets by the press, he'll make this. I mean, if Virginia goes to the rim, uh, that's that's the game. If if WVU is a great three-point percentage defending team then that's fine i mean there's other ways around that any anything else as we wrap up I, I don't, up? Think, mike I don't likes, think mike likes mike likes wvu any second points i also points. like
3: west virginia a lot plus 3 in this, in this game plus mike three. has
0: mike has wvu plus 3 yeah. guthrie has wvu plus 3 yeah. taylor who do you like
2: i think i'll take virginia giving the points i think they'll be able to beat the press i think they'll be able to get into the lane and draw fouls west virginia commits fouls because of their aggressive defense at a very high rate um They play a lot of bench minutes, um, but so does Virginia. They're both very deep. And I think on defense, uh, UVA will be able to limit second-chance points from West Virginia, which is a lot of West Virginia's offense. And I think they'll cover.
0: I'll take Virginia because I think it's going to be a brick show from outside from WVU, and I don't care if Dr. Octopus gets 22. I still don't think that's enough. All right, that's a wrap. Next game up, Duke and Indiana. I, I don't even know what to call this. Do we have... Any analogies of what Indiana did out on the court besides from, I don't know, taking a huge dump while throwing up and, I don't know, mooning the crowd? What what else can we say about this Indiana team?
2: Is it that Indiana's defense is that bad or is it that Duke's offense is that good?
3: I think it's a little bit of both. So, I was talking about that, this before. That Indiana wow. team was you a politician? to okay. the Big well, Ten. Sorry, the Big the ten. defense in Indiana is just God awful defense like let's be real They they have no idea what's going on List. There was a reddit post this week From some salty Indiana fan It showed the Indiana defense trying to change Their defensive scheme mid play so Duke could have the ball they brought up Brought up the court just like 20 26 27 seconds on the shot clock They were switching from man to man to 2-3 half of the team Didn't know that they were switching To zone and so they were still In man it left gaping holes on the perimeter against Duke, who shoots the ball like Grayson Allen or Matt Jones or whoever sh- shoots the ball like they shot really well that game because there were these gaping
0: holes where there was no defensive player.
2: You have to account for yeah. Marshall Plumley in your scheme. And
0: also, thanks to threat. Indiana, now Brandon Ingram has confidence. So thanks, Indiana. Appreciate yeah. it. Thanks, guys. Now Brandon Ingram has confidence, and I think the rest of the ACC... Can I don't know fans out there who are not in Durham or or Duke fans can, can are with me on this one, but yeah Ingram was getting anything he wanted got open shots his confidence started to build and it carried over. I mean, thank thank you Tom Crean. Yeah, gosh this Indiana team. Let's so let talk about just, the real issue. Crean okay. hair watch. Mike hit me. <laughs> you want
1: me to hit you with the Crean hair watch? I mean my main my main problem I guess with the game I I had two problems with the game first of all and Crean's hairs part of those two things. Uh, the first the first main problem was uh, Indiana's inability to uh, counter what Duke was doing offensively. When you have Emil Jefferson and Marson um sorry, Marshall Marshall Plumley, Mason Plumley, which Plumley are
0: we? Marshall, Marshall Marshall,
1: thank you. Um when you have Plumley and Jefferson in the post, um in the high post and you're just doing handoffs to Grayson Allen and uh, Matt Jones I, you know, you, you need to counter that in a way that actually makes the high post performers actually perform. Uh, that, that was my main kind of first... Hot take, if you will, um, from the Duke Indiana game. Their inability to adjust on defense. My second main problem was the fact that you mentioned Crean's uh, hair in the past podcast, and then I just had to look at it every time that they cut the commercial or they cut to him screaming, and I, I was just so torn about you know who he was as a person. You know, I think that he he was formerly Dwight Schrute. He is gone with the, uh, you know. Now he's more, uh, I guess, John. Um, is it John? Jim. Jim. I'm sorry, Jim. And uh, you know, coaching like Mike Scott. You know, I, I just don't think that he's uh, our extended office. Metaphoric. He's just not the. <laughs> he's not the coach that they Topical. need in Indiana. I think this is his last year there. Um, do you think so? Yeah, yeah. I do. Well, I do. Well, yeah, it, it, because no, I, it is one of the most high profile jobs in all of college I'm being athletics. Being sarcastic, I, and his last year. It's, it's, it is.
3: Don't it's, worry. So, okay.
0: You know, can P- we to
3: piggyback? Sorry. To Rope, pick quick, back. To can, pick we, back off can we that. just
0: yeah? Please pick me back. But can we just pick Indiana as our second team to just hate this year? Yeah, like I'm, just I'm, irrationally I'm all, hate a team. All, yeah. Gonzaga's is on my list as well. Just I just want to irrationally hate them. I think we should do that with Indiana. But go ahead, you're going to pick. I have back. no so, hate for them.
2: If anything, I feel empathy for Crean. Well, feel like he's going through an identity crisis. I've been there. We've all been there. Yeah, I've, I've, who among us isn't emotionally? He's contaminating made the image of
0: Bob Knight. So, so that's it, that's it, why it's he should a be. very it,
3: it's a difficult position for him. But. That's what he signed up for. So, someone, I I don't know who, but some Indiana fan, presumably, created tomcreenbuyout.com. Guess what his buyout is right now for his contract? It is more than a million dollars. Okay, it's seven and a half million dollars this year. Oh,
2: you were asking us to guess. (laughs) Yes, I was asking you to guess. (laughs) And you said more more than than a million. million. That seems about fair. Uh, Yeah, I was like,
3: I was, anyway, sorry, I I did a bad job of, you know, building up the tension, but seven and a half million this year. It's dropping down to a measly four million at the end of the season. I think he is done.
1: How many backers does it have? The uh the website.
3: Oh, I have no idea. But can we sign a petition somewhere? It's pretty great because they bring back like Norman also Dale. have a Bring back feed. hire Normandale hashtag. Let's get it going. Yeah. Oh my god. god this, is, this is just like man, hire someone, someone posted on Reddit and there are so many salty Indiana fans on Reddit. Like I I feel I feel your you pain. Love
2: salty Indiana fans.
3: Dude, that makes my week. Like, I I wake up in Art the morning, I get to work, I get to work, yeah. I drink my coffee, I read salty Indiana fans posts on on Reddit. Like, yeah, yeah. who's the
0: ACC fan base comparison to Indiana? I think this is an easy one. I think it's NC State fan base. I think that's the comparable fan base.
3: I could see it, yeah. But NC State, like, aside from,
0: that I think Indiana fans.
2: fans still expect if you're in Indiana. You, they still expect to be considered one of the blue bloods.
0: So do so does NC State. I've got news for you. I don't know if
2: they do. I think okay. they understand. Indiana has
3: much more of a case <laughs> for for being a blue blood than NC State. Sorry, Wolf Wolfpack fans. Right, right. But I mean, that's just the I case. I mean, Jimmy
2: V. That's their case.
3: Yeah, and that was like the most improbable of improbable so, runs. So yeah, Duke Duke had everything Second rolling. Second best thirty for thirty. Yeah. By the way.
2: Oh, maybe first best. Wow.
3: <laughs> no, dude. I already called first best it was the five five. five Have so. you
2: cried, laughed, and thought today?
0: I haven't because you question. just thought so you're welcome <laughs> so Jimmy V uh, I I can't get into this next episode I was I, about to I'll say get, we, you know this. we
1: already we already highlighted half the Jimmy V classic I mean I think we we could That's almost right. do the Is other
0: it, anybody remember what kind of coach he was just throw it out there
2: Jimmy V yeah it's fantastic
0: <laughs> there we go I'm pretty sure that sums it up he was terrific Am I
3: there Donald Trump go. right here he was, there we go. He was huge. Immensely a huge successful. Coach. What what what's the phrase for Donald Trump? Immensely I don't know. Incredibly successful. It's, it's something like that.
0: Yeah. Pit Purdue. <laughs> we need to go there because I know that you Thank three you. stooges want to talk about this game for twenty minutes. So just go ahead. I'm going to sit back and relax. Oh, see let's, that, let's, that let's,
1: silence is me loving. That we're talking about this pitt Purdue. Let's game also right remind now. everyone Ooh.
0: that Mike was uh, in on Pitt. So oh, he, uh, I was so pitt, in on Pitt. He was pitt. the one of us to pick Pitt in our our projections against the spread. So
2: That's right. I let's, mean let's just say nothing about this. I'll just say up front Pitt is a good team. Purdue is just Pitt, but with bigger, better, more talented players. Game over.
1: That's it. That's all you're gonna say. Yes, they they are. Yeah, <laughs> they're they're totally different teams. First of all, I, 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 they're just totally different. They're they're nothing alike. Um, but but first, I I'm glad that he, first of all to hear that James Robinson is a listener of this podcast is really exciting to me because Luke Near here in studio called him out last week. Said, "Who is James Robinson? This is his third year." James showed up in that game. All right, he yeah. brought them back in that first half. Every big play that they had, he was a part of. You know, he was—he's making it rain from three right now. He's shooting forty-six percent. You know, he remember him and Perante. so the same year. You know, I, I actually think they've taken similar paths. Mm-hmm. Um, you yeah, know, to yeah. see to see James mm-hmm. actually really Next stepping it up this year. James is is having an incredible year. To see him play as well as he did against Purdue is one thing. Was
0: he incredible as a freshman?
2: He,
1: he and he, Artis he have, have both okay. looked
0: very good. Was, was he mm-hmm. incredible last year?
1: Well, Perrantes wasn't
0: incredible last year, was okay, he? Okay,
1: okay. Um, but but anyways, let's go back to this Pick purdue uh, no, game. No, I, if you're on yes. a
0: pickup court and you see Parentes and you see James Robinson, who are you taking?
1: Oh, well, I mean, I have a soft spot you t- for you a, you need a point guys. guard. Like, I pick up a squad of James Robinson... Kennedy Meeks and Josh Smith. So you, form, you, you just want your team to
0: be like doughy and look good, yes. and you want to lose on the court. Okay, <laughs> yes, that sounds good. Right. All right, that's, that's right. I'm
1: all into doughy strength. Um, but but honestly, this pit, hashtag this, doughy strength
0: <laughs> this,
2: trending right now on Twitter.
1: <laughs> this pit team reminds me a lot of the, the past Island. two years Dayton's teams and where they got exposed in um, against Purdue was in the size. I mean, uh, you know, A.J. Hammonds dominated down low in the second half. Uh, They couldn't get him off the court. Even Haas went to the bench with foul trouble. Mm -hmm. Hammonds came into the game, scored something like 12 or 14 straight. He only missed one shot in the second half. Completely unstoppable. There was a point where Michael Young literally looked to the bench and was asking for help from from his pit teammates and from his coaches. Do you, think he, was,
0: no do you think he was just looking at JB Dixon? <laughs> maybe so. Maybe so. Maybe we should double this guy. Yeah. Do you think that was going through his mind? Maybe you know, maybe we should double him.
1: Maybe. You know, he, there's so much pride. There's so much pride there. You can see that in that, that Dixon coaching staff.
0: Um So he's kinda like you. You you just want your team to look good and he just wants his team to be proud, but you just want to but you're both gonna lose. On yes. the floor. That's, okay. correct. Right. That's correct. That's correct.
1: Right, um, but but anyways, uh, just, it's just certainly to kind a of prompt wrap for
2: Pitt up. that there's no Tlaib Zana walking through the door. Yeah, or
1: Stephen yes. Adams. You know, Stephen right. Adams. This be, would have been his junior year. Would have would make Pitt a top five team. I still think that they're oh. a team that makes the tournament. I still think they're a team that has a significant impact in the tournament. Yeah. I think that Artis and Young and James Robinson they lead that team coming down the stretch. I like them this year. Purdue had a, had a good game. Um, they played in spurts and. They won, much to my uh, chagrin. So they said.
2: Pitt is definitely a good team. They will make the tournament.
3: They'll make the challenge. But we really like Purdue. I really like this Purdue team. Purdue, yes. So rest in peace, PJ Thompson's record of not having a turnover this season. Like, did you guys realize that? This was the first game for Purdue where their starting point guard had a turnover.
0: That's that, impressive. that, that anyway, silence anyway. says a lot. Science. That's yeah. amazing. Yeah. We've
3: been I, stunned. I, I they, didn't know that. they are for real. I love, What a nugget. I love this Purdue team. Oh my God. Three seven footers.
0: Like experience out. Well, calm down, because <sighs> I don't want everybody to know about this, because we might need to profit off of this yeah, okay. information That's later true. down from a That's gambling yeah. standpoint. Good we don't want to. Good let's, point. Let's Fair just enough. not talk about Fair Purdue enough. the rest I, of this. Because you know ESPN and all these major outlets, they're not going to talk about Purdue.
2: If you're Come a on. gambler, this is the team to bet yeah. on because they will. East Coast money, West Coast money is going to ignore you know little old West Lafayette, Purdue in the down. middle of Indiana. So yeah. talented team. Right.
1: So
0: this is the one time we'll say it, gentlemen. But we like them from a gambling standpoint. Later on in March, once maybe uh, it's that first weekend of the NCAA tournament, or the second weekend, or the third. Oh, dare I say. All right, guys, we have to move on. What's next on the agenda, Taylor?
2: Let's talk about the Florida State-Iowa game. Uh, Guthrie, what did you see in this game?
3: So, oh, gosh. Oh, gosh. Sorry, I'm I'm still worked up a little bit about Purdue. Um, <laughs> yeah, so, is is a gun you your boiler bathroom maker? Bathroom? I yeah, yeah, I'm at five. Okay. First <laughs> off, I'm gonna say. Yeah, he sent a text say, message
1: saying his boiler maker was still erect earlier this week, so it's <laughs> <laughs> it a little awkward.
3: Um. Yeah, that was that was the other game. That was the UCLA Kentucky game. <laughs> ah, was it?
1: Was, did you see that Prince Ali dunk? As a side note. Oh my Prince goodness. Prince Ali over pointrice.
3: Oh my goodness. Absolutely ridiculous, okay, so FSU Iowa, I watched the replay earlier today, I'm going to go on a limb, Dwayne Bacon is not the best freshman on FSU, uh, it's probably like completely uh, easy Easy pickings. Malik Beasley looked in-fucking-credible, excuse my language. <laughs> He was unbelievable.
2: Now we have to mark that explicit tag when we post this. Thanks <laughs> a lot. That's an extra click of the. We're motion. editing that right. out. We can,
0: we can <laughs> edit it out. Let's <laughs> put a bleep in there. Back, it doesn't really continue matter. the. Okay, trail I don't thought. think it All matters. Anyway, really,
3: honestly, sorry. He uh, <laughs> he was unbelievable. He is their go to guy. Like I actually had no idea who was going to be for FSU this season, but Malik, Malik Beasley is their go to go to guy right now.
2: I, yeah, I'll say, I agree with you. Beasley and Bacon, I thought, looked great. But their strength is certainly those big, tall wing slashers. And I think it's time to talk about uh, XRM. At the Everybody at the beginning of the season assumed uh, that he would be the main guy. For well, he was right.
0: preseason first team All-ACC. Yeah, He's pre, yeah. Preseason first team All-ACC. Yeah, everyone's thinking this all, is going to be his right. team. And all you yep. think
2: of when you think of him is that the Clemson game, where he it was a Clemson game, right? If I got that wrong, we need to edit that out. But Miami. Cl-
3: it was the Miami game where okay. he dropped like 30 points and All you think yeah. of
2: all you think of when you think of those of XRM is the Miami game where he scored 30 points in the last four minutes or something no. like that and hit a bunch of threes. And he is the epitome of a volume shooter for me. Last year he took by far the most threes on their team. He, you know, he shot 171 threes last year. The next Clotus was about 130. He's on pace right now with Beasley and Bacon to be one of their most prolific three-point
0: shooters. You're right.
2: But he actually shoots about 28% from three-point range last year, and he's on track to do the same this year, which is not good.
0: It's not good. Yeah. And, and it's, he's a heat check guy, though. Yeah, So, a, so if he gets on a heat check, that's when other teams have to watch out. But if he's not, Florida State's going to be in trouble this year. Right. If but he's do you have if shooting to at to volume, if he's up shooting up at out. volume.
2: Go zero for six and then get hot. I mean, Z- zombie yeah.
0: pimp's not going to do anything about that from the sidelines. He's he's gonna he has the green light. Zombie pimp has given him the green. I mean, light. I if, he- I think it's
2: time to have a come to Jesus moment with XRM and just say, look, mm-hmm. you are you got to be pass first guy, and when you you got to pick your spots because you're not the guy anymore. It's not you.
3: Well, the other thing is they're kind of relying on him to bring the ball up, and I watched the I watched. FSU Iowa, and then I watched the end of FSU VCU, which was earlier today. And both times, end of the game, ball was in his hands, he slipped, ball, you know, went right to the other team, or he had some sort of turnover. Like, I mean, if, if the ball is, is in
2: his hands at the end of the game, he's not giving it up.
3: That's that is a problem. That's not exactly that's not really what you're looking for, probably with this FSU team with the talent that they have. They just have so many options. I think uh Boris Bojanowski yes, is actually pretty damn good. Like he, he played really well in the Iowa game. I thought
2: their whole team has a bunch of size. I will. Their defense is very aggressive, and they deny the ball very hard. So their off-ball defenders, as they are running around screens, will go over top of screens in between the screen. As that up screen comes to the three-point line, they will go in between the ball handler and the cutter. Over okay. top of the screen to cut off that passing lane. Should they have won the Iowa aggressive.
0: game? Should they have won the Iowa game, or was it? A I, coin don't flip? I don't or know. I don't know. Was it just a coin flip? I, well, well, I no, don't I hate how, the
2: should they have won. Yeah, no. I mean, okay.
3: well, they,
0: they had their chances. Game.
3: They had their chances. They they screwed up down the stretch with XRM. Like I said, I mean,
1: did, uh, didn't they have a? Uh, they had a Gordon Hayward there at the end of the game. Did they not? They had a half quarter. Oh I mean, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Was, uh, I mean, it, it was almost the identical po- shot. Kofor, I
0: think. You guys would have to tell me because I didn't watch that game. You know what I'm doing with Florida State? I'm just closing my eyes and just hoping it turns out since we all like them in the preseason. So I think I'm just going to keep that up. I'm just going to keep closing my eyes, and you're going to just have to tell me about Florida State every week. That's one of the games to, I did not watch.
1: They have the size to compete in the ACC, which is all that you need to make the tournament. Mm-hmm. I think, I Thank think you, they're a team
0: Mike. that Thank if you— Thank you for making me feel better. There you go.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm.
2: And I think from a gambling perspective, if they're a team that you can get them with some points— you know, they're an underdog, and you get them with some sizable points because people are underestimating them, the general public. And they have a great home floor. It's a great team. Not to because take. It's, it's a great, great home floor,
0: also, not because it's loud. It's just, I don't know, when when teams go down there, it's it's like Twilight Zone for some reason. That's an excellent point.
3: Yeah, yeah, that is true.
0: All right, we need to go to the next matchup because we are way overdue. Mike is going to run points in breaking down Miami, Nebraska for us.
1: Whew, Miami. You guys know I love Miami. I'm going to be short here. But um, you you know the the game went over t- went to overtime um you know Angel Rodriguez again uh kind of led the effort um in Nebraska I thought they got a quality win against um our man uh, Tom Crean's lookalike, Tim Miles, down there. <laughs> uh, but but overall, an excellent win for Miami on the road. Future after...
2: Indiana coach. Rumors started here. You, Is that you right? first. That's right. Future That's Indiana right. coach.
1: Um, a- after, after a tough loss against Northeastern, I thought it was the win that they needed. Um, as an ACC fan, we appreciated it. Um, overall, they did not shoot the ball as well as they had in the past. Um, Jakiri uh, just kind of let, let the game get away from him inside, to not shoot the ball that well. Um, got into foul trouble early, I think, which is what restricted him from using his size and um, allowing Nebraska to, you know, kind of take advantage in the mid-range game a little bit more than Miami would have liked. Mm-hmm. Uh, all being said, though, a good quality Miami win. Not really a lot of takeaways there, um, except agree, for yeah. that, you know, they, they, they won a good, tough game on the road, and you've got to like them going forward.
2: Yeah. They're going to be five-point favorites against Florida on Tuesday. Do they cover?
1: So I've looked at this game a little bit. I'm glad that you asked. I really, really like Miami in this game. Florida is currently being overvalued. I think that they are guard dependent, kind of as always. It's almost like they didn't change coaches. The game is in Coral Gables,
0: so that means there's going to be a thousand people there.
1: That's right. That's right. Well, why would you go to a game indoors when you live in Miami?
0: Okay, That's a good point.
1: I mean that's the problem with sports teams. Well, they in don't Miami go to games general.
0: outdoors either. Yeah, Did they, you see they, their they senior don't. day for the football team? <laughs> Maybe a hundred people in the stands. <laughs> anyway, I think that's good enough on Miami. But Miami minus five. Have you had a bad experience before betting on Miami though? Because I have. Ooh, in tell my me past. about it. Tell me about it. There's certain lines where it just looks. Last I mean, year, last year. what
3: was the what was the team they lost to last year? It was like early in the season. Yeah. It was like the Northeastern not game. Necessarily but it's not necessarily losses, just when they year. didn't cover. Right, yeah, yeah. Just not covering. I can't remember who it was last year, but there was a game when I was like, when we talked about this, mm-hmm. we're like, God, we're all in on we Miami. we like text
0: each other back and forth. Like, yeah. We right. have to, yeah. Whatever it was. Next game, Taylor, you're breaking down one of these. I'm trying to think. Clemson, Minnesota. This is your breakdown. Sure. Go we- for it.
2: Clemson, six-point losers to Minnesota in Minneapolis. Uh, you know, in the first half, Clemson, I thought, had a very strong showing. They usually are a very slow-paced team, uh, haven't been a great shooting team. They really seem to put an emphasis on pushing the ball at the court in this game and got a lot of opportunities in tradition. Awesome Some Oprah threes, really looked great. In the second half, totally different team. You saw their weakness. They are very thin, and they are good, solid on-ball defenders, but when they get in foul trouble... Uh, they will not be able to guard as tough, and Minnesota was able to take advantage of that. You'll see guys like Nyoko or uh,
0: Lassam Grantham,
2: Jitte, sitting on the baseline. I'm just going to keep saying it. Guys who are great rim defenders <laughs> standing on the baseline getting dribbled around because they don't want to give up fouls.
0: Yeah, I was just waiting when I was watching that game because I did watch that start to finish. I was just waiting for the Clemson brick show to, to turn up, but it didn't really, didn't really happen, which was surprising to me. In, maybe in the, to, Maybe towards the end, but... They were decent from outside. In
2: the second half, you even saw saw them go to Zone, which is completely against their identity as a you yep. know, tough physical on man man-to-man defensive team. Yeah, and
1: I think that was a reaction to Jordan Murphy's dominance inside for Minnesota. I thought he had an excellent game. Looked kind of like a poor man's Jameel Okafor in there. I thought I thought he, or Jaleel Okafor, excuse me, a young Jaleel. Um, Okafor. Yeah, I, I was reading off his fake ID. Sorry, J- Jaleel <laughs> Okafor. Sorry about that. Um, yeah, I thought that uh, Jordan Murphy looked excellent. I mean, really, uh, for Clemson, their two players that I really I really loved watching were Jordan Roper and Blossom Game. I think Blossom Game is an All ACC player. Sure. I thought that uh, Jordan, well, I don't know Jordan that. Roper, I thought, was an amazing steady hand. I thought he shot the ball incredibly well. I think he only had one turnover in the game. Uh, Minnesota isn't as high pressure as you may think that they would be, uh, considering the coaching pedigree of the Patinos. Uh, but I was really impressed with Clemson. I thought they played incredibly well, even though they came out on the uh, short end in this particular yeah. affair. Uh,
2: uh, get- do we want to say, on an advanced gambling level, great team to take with the points in the first half, or first half line, but then eventually, usually they will get outclassed in the second half. I like that. Of their mm-hmm. thin and
0: uh, credit to you guys for an, I know we can get sidetracked on this podcast. And I'm glad we didn't go down the Jaleel Okafor rabbit hole because I was scared right, that, that was going to happen right, for a minute. Right. But I with mean, that said, on to the next. <laughs> you see, you're, you're trying to go there. I'm not going to let you. Next game, there. Taylor. <laughs> do you have a next game? Okay, fine. I'll take one no, 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 okay. of this one Wisconsin and Syracuse. And <laughs> I have a lot to say about this one. I'm sure you do too. Wisconsin's not not that good of a basketball team, but you know, but Bo Ryan is smart enough to figure out that zone. And the Syracuse zone this year is not as long as it has been in other years. And I don't like Syracuse's big guys. I'm sorry. I worry about a team who has a seven man rotation. Also, in December they're playing seven guys in December. Like, what are you doing, Jim Boeheim? I mean, December games kind of count, but come on, really? Are, are you going to wear out seven guys all the way to March? That doesn't make any sense. They have to have other basketball players on this team. I think they do. Dewan Colbin is serviceable, but um, it's really just like him, Roberson, and Litton in the middle. And I do like Benajay. I like Malachi Richardson, who's the freshman. But, mm-hmm. you know, for order th- in order for this team to win, I think they're just going to have to catch fire from three. That's their formula. And so that leads <laughs> on to this Wisconsin-Cuse game. Cuse had a four-point lead late. Now, this was a close one. It was back and forth. Under Reg, Koenig of Wisconsin hits a three. Because um, even though Wisconsin's not great, um, Bo Ryan, like I said, knows how to take care of his own or break it. And so Cannon hits that three, and the best thing that could possibly happen for Wisconsin happens. And Cooney gets a touch in the next position, and like he did last year, he goes hero ball. It's like, uh, I'm Trevor Cooney. I'm taking this, guys. Like, that's what, that's that's what, what happened said. last year. I heard him say that. And Cooney, I think, developed a good reputation with Syracuse fans and maybe the public in general from that year when he was playing with Ennis and C.J. Fair. And he was just, he had a role. He was shooting the ball. Now he's, he's like creating. <laughs> I don't think that's good. Trevor Cooney, the creator, creating his own shot. That's a big red flag for this team. That's why I'm souring on Syracuse big time. Cooney in crunch time is not a good thing. In the final possession, it showed like just bad decision-making down the stretch. In, in overtime, he scored five points in overtime. Scored five points. Wisconsin won.
1: And I thought Wisconsin played incredibly well. Um, Syracuse looked to have a bit of a hangover from their battle for, that's numerical, Atlantis. Um, you know, I, I thought that Wisconsin did play a good game. I thought it was a game they needed to win. I imagine that Bo Ryan emphasized that in the locker room. Um, that being said, they they are built to break a zone, um, the Wisconsin team in general with Nigel Hayes. I thought Ethan Happ played uh, probably the game of the year for himself, uh, had Looks like 15 rebounds um, while scoring 18 points. Just absolutely exposed uh, the interior line of Syracuse.
0: Uh, yeah, the strategy against Syracuse is coax Cooney into being Kobe, if you can yes. say that fast. Coax yeah. Cooney into Kobe. <laughs> and then you're going to win. And attack their big guys. Yeah.
2: And yeah. Even, even one of their better guys who you know doesn't start for them, but the big guy, uh, Tyler Lydon, is not a true interior player. He yeah, shoots he's more threes. Of a stretch for, you know, yes, yeah. he he comes out on the perimeter, shoots threes on offense. Doesn't help that the combination of zone defense, which their zone defense looks like it's going to be a classic Syracuse zone defense, very good. They that zone defense and the kind of thin front court, Syracuse has a terrible defensive rebounding percentage. They mm-hmm. allow a lot of second chance points, which is what Wisconsin Well, that's what happens when you play that zone. Hangs their hat I mean, on, uh right? fifty one
0: to twenty five was the boards in favor of Wisconsin. That's yeah. That
2: is. They've also been turning the ball over uh, significantly at, at a high clip this season.
1: Yeah, and you know I think that Syracuse won in the Bahamas because they shot the three well. They shot over fifty five percent. Here they they shot under thirty uh, percent from beyond the arc. It's going to be something they rely on throughout the year. You can't you can't bank on a team that relies on that level of shooting.
2: Benajay certainly looks amazing for them, but it's hard when you're dependent on him hitting. Long contested threes after you have been unable to work the ball inside or get a shot.
0: Yeah, mm. they I might mean, have. They might have fooled a few people. I actually might have bought a couple of shares after Atlantis, even though I didn't watch Atlantis. But I you think guys they, did. They you this, should have told me yeah, not well, to buy I, mean, these they, they I bought Texas, like four a really shares. Good Texas A and M team. They I bought have like the system four shares of Syracuse to stock. keep
2: games close, but they're walking a very fine line if when they're asked to do more than go
3: outside that system.
0: Okay, wake. Versus Rutgers Guthrie, you have fifteen seconds.
3: Go. I think Rutgers surprised everyone with how well they competed in this game. Um, I think that says maybe more about Rutgers as a team than it does Wake. Uh, I I'm still I, I love this Wake team. Uh, Devin Thomas is playing at a very high level. Um, he's getting you know he's getting his at the very least, um, but he's he's doing well for.
0: Are you watching He's, both sides of the floor?
3: Uh so they—they they are, you know. Okay. Suspect okay. on defense. We—we've gone over. I'm just this. saying,
0: Devin Thomas individually.
3: Oh well, I—I I, you know I—I I try and be, uh, you know, as as diligent as I can in, in watching games. But which shoulder does he like to shoot over? <laughs> that is a great question. I, question.
1: I I <laughs> is he relying on the right I, shoulder? You know, he shoulder?
3: might have a little Anthony Gill in him. He <laughs> might like to uh, take it to the paint more than uh, outside. Yeah, we had an.
0: All fair conversation about Anthony Gill, folks, about um, shooting over the right shoulder, but so that's where that's coming yeah. from. <laughs> Next game, are there any other games? Oh, Notre Dame, Illinois.
1: Oh, I watched. I that. have nothing
0: to say about this. I,
1: I, I really don't like Notre Dame in this in this year. Um, oh, I'm, I
0: just w- really welcome don't to like my them. welcome to my island, Mike. <laughs> oh. Welcome to this. Welcome to the the one-man bandwagon now there's two of us you can ride shotgun with
1: right it's good to be here you know i mean you know when you're when your team is reliant on zach august being dominant down low when you're Uh, when you're depending on i'm uh, glad we're
0: unified in this let's take uh, this to the end of the season let's take this to march right i'm into it i'm into it even if they're a five seed that can be our 512 upset you know absolutely i like this absolutely
1: uh you know overly relying on the three i just think that uh you know it it just doesn't look like they have it this year. Um, you know, in the Illinois game in particular, you know, what's funny about that game is that they were down eight, you know, going into the second half. You know, outscored Illinois. I think they went on a twenty five to five run in a tough new Illinois court. you know, the the fans were fired up there. I thought that they did a great job rallying, but it was the way that they rallied and the way that they got scored on in the beginning of the game. Um, I, I just don't like their perimeter defense. I just don't think that they're uh, they're skilled on the defensive side of the ball. I think they get exposed this coming week uh, with Stony Brook. Um, again, not a fan, not a fan.
2: They are not going to lose to Stony Brook. I want to tell you that right now. Their offense yeah, is I'm, too good, and as much as you guys hate them, you're asking them not, to be a great I'm not defensive joining Mike team. on that not one. Not I'm a not a
0: joining him on team. Stony Brook narrative, but yeah.
2: Final takeaway They will generally. cover the nine-point spread against Stony Brook. Stony Broker.
0: <laughs> Thank you. Thank
1: you for giving me that. I'll I'll take I'll take them straight up. I would like just it. Pumping
0: Actually, the I brakes plus a little two bit. forty.
2: I think eight points might be the spread. They will they will cover the spread.
0: Time for main takeaways. The bottom line of our podcast. This is episode five. You want to talk about the impacts of, of Marcus Page coming back, because that's significant for the league and for North Carolina who's a front runner. <laughs> no rust. Looked good. Shooting hand. Certainly isn't a nuisance, and that was my biggest question, trying to watch him play also Syracuse, the downward spiral. I don't know if it's just the beginning it might we might just be at the beginning of this. Are They're 6-2. They, I just want to make that clear. And, and the downward Jim,
2: spiral of a 6-2 and two team.
1: They lost to a good Georgetown team, but I think they lose to a lot of good teams going forward. And, also, and, and unfortunately, Syracuse is not one of those.
0: They, they lost to Georgetown. Let's remind people that Jim is now back in the Bahamas. He's not on the bench anymore. <laughs> He's got, what, nine games off? Eight now. Eight more. So he has eight what more you, games off. He decided he to go back to Atlantis. Games. He went back to Atlantis cause, cause to, to relive the memories. Yeah, why wouldn't you? Um. Yeah, Syracuse, the decline. Has it started that's one of our questions is Louisville good you had this on the agenda Taylor I think that's clear I think they're good they're good we don't have much evidence they're because
3: they're playing a bunch of pansies but they competed with the soon to be number one team in the country in a very good game
0: rapid fire do mm-hmm. you like Louisville Kentucky who wins the games are up Taylor quick
3: Kentucky wins it'll be close
0: Kentucky wins by double
3: digits the front court's too much for Louisville
2: Louisville wins by 10
1: contrarian
0: Louisville by two nastier dunk this is on your list Taylor Darius Thompson over Daniel Dixon or Prince Ali or Ali over Alex Poitras I think it's pretty much that's clear Prince Ali I'm gonna go with that, was a, Thompson. that was a fantastic dunk I'm sorry
1: I you know I, I'm gonna chime in a little early ahead of Guthrie here because I can tell that he he saw this dunk in person so he's a little jaded I like a dunk that is so hard that it upsets everyone in the arena, and then there's a possible fight afterwards, which is what I saw in the Darius Thompson dunk. Uh, you know, they, they, there was almost a physical altercation after that dunk. Prince Ali came up uh, smiling. You know, you almost feel bad because it was Pointress. Anyone else on Kentucky, I would love to see it happen to. I root for pointless. Um So I'm going to have to go with Darius Thompson on this one.
2: Yeah, Pointeress tore his ACL all over again on that dunk. It's terrible. <laughs> terrible what they did to him.
3: Yeah, I mean it was it was actually pretty insane. That's probably the best UVA dunk I've seen since the Mustafa Farrakhan one from,
0: God, when was that like? The NC State game back when I was still in college. Right. But, yeah. Look yeah. at you. I, I started. I mean, well, Archives. so I think they, I think that was a little bit overrated. The Moo dunk. Oh, really? It Was yeah. agreed. See, this it's, is like pre-Justin. The Thompson Anderson.
2: dunk was great because it was unexpected. It looked like he was just going to lay it in, and then all of a sudden, he's getting tackled, and he just stuss it in so hard that everybody is thrown for a loop. I'm just saying
0: if you watch the NBA, you've seen that Faircount dunk a million times. But I think we spent enough time on the subject.
3: One one point I wanted to make. I I like I mean, obviously loved the Thompson dunk. Not the best dunk of the week, though. Yeah. The Kerwin Roach Jr. for Texas had uh, a monster.
0: Slam. I, I saw that, but you the importance that? of the facial of the Prince Ali from UCLA. Okay, the yeah, importance of yeah of that moment. I mean, that was for
1: everyone. That it was for an everyone. and one, and then, the point point. Just yeah, and then Poitras fouled
0: out, and so, then Poitras
3: fouled out afterwards it. was. I, I just oh, I sorry. felt like I had to at least mention the Roach great. dunk. Great, great. It was great. It was good on mention on another level. You're right.
0: It was nice. Forehead at the it level of nice. It was Acrobatic. Nice. Finally. Well, I Understatement got of the year. It we should be close. I got something. Gentlemen, which conference teams are in the tournament?
1: We're talking ACC. Is this the ACC degenerates podcast? Yes,
0: although How? you're trying to make it into <laughs> Valparaiso, <laughs> Michigan State, love fest. Oh, oh. So I don't know. <laughs> Valparaiso don't know,
1: can beat nine teams in the ACC yeah. Michael, Missouri Valley, Jeffy. <laughs> That's, right. <laughs> That's right. Horizon League, thank you very much. <laughs> so we're going to go around the table. The we'll finish with CIA. Mike, and
0: Mike's going to be like Four. Four (laughs) ACC teams make it. (laughs) No, really, Taylor. Do you have a number in your head, or you can just list them? We can we can just talk it out. So we all we know the locks.
2: Can we all agree? Duke, North Carolina, Virginia, Louisville. Yes, Louisville in. That's four. I think you'll get Miami. Five. Notre
0: Dame. Six.
2: Yes. Pitt. Yes.
0: Mm, I think Pitts. Yes. Pitts on the bubble. Okay, that's what are we at? Seven, eight. The the December December
3: bubble. I. Yeah, eight eight is with with the
0: the quote unquote bubble teams. Can I proudly announce NC State's not making it? No way. Can I proudly announce yeah, that? I think uh, yeah. And I, I and think folks, I said that if you don't know what we're talking it. about, go back and listen to episode one. You guys, too. I say, I say eight teams. <laughs> I was, I was, and you'll hear what you, the foolish talk that
3: you, you laid no, out on this I, podcast. I, I mean, my memory yeah. is I was not on the NC no, State. No, you thing, guys were I all
0: mean. like, they've kept Barber and BJ Anya. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah.
2: Do love BJ Anya. Little note for you, you know, BJ Anya, longest wingspan of any non-seven-foot player ever measured by the NBA.
0: Seven teams, right? We say seven. I say eight. I say seven.
3: Got three? I think they are going to be eight ACC teams Mike. dancing this year.
1: I'm going to say seven. Florida State does not make it. I like, uh, I like Pittsburgh to be the last team in. It? Uh, actually, maybe. No, no, no. Notre Dame's the last team in with a nine seed.
2: I say eight and an NIT champion. Fair enough. <laughs> Get your NIT futures in early, guys.
3: Should we talk about games to watch this week?
0: Really quickly. And then we have to give logistics because... Yeah, that sounds, sounds good the growth of this podcast is just too much to bear right now. So. Can we actually, there is one last thing we're going to preview this week's games or ones to watch potentially games that we think will be competitive or a good matchup or maybe an under the radar matchup. We'll start with Taylor.
2: I'm picking Cincinnati Xavier, the crosstown shootout.
0: Can you, can you tell us the time and date?
2: Yes, it will be Saturday. This upcoming Saturday, December 12th, 5 30 PM at the Cintas center. Uh, <laughs> Like crosstown shootouts of yore, anything is possible. Anything can happen. So,
0: like in a rivalry game, just toss out the records on this one. Is that what you're saying? I think that's what I'm saying. So, you're, should... you're, so maybe you should be on like a college basketball pregame show and have one of those like, the, a, like old man takes. You know, oh, when these two meet, who knows? All right, Cincinnati Xavier, who's your pick and what's the line? The line will be Xavier
2: favored by five. Take Cincinnati in the points and make that money,
0: and hope a fight doesn't break out. Oh, too soon. Guthrie, what do you have?
3: I am looking forward to Wednesday, December 9th at 9 p.m. Dayton is traveling to, I believe, Nashville, Tennessee. Is where Vanderbilt is. Uh, Yeah, it's going to be a great game. Vandy's really good. I love this Dayton team. Scoochie Smith, uh, Cook on the guard slot. Really good team. It's going to be fun.
0: And do you have a prediction at all? Or a line. Are you gonna make a oh, line? Yeah. So, oh yeah. So, the, so you line, have to, the line the line. a
3: manufacture line. Right, right. The line is Vandy minus ten at home. Okay. Uh I really like Dayton the points. Taking Dayton the
0: points. Uh we'll see. We'll see what happens. Nice. Mike, we've come to you with the round table.
1: Well, I tell you what, just looking at the game so this week, um, you know, a little bit slim pickings when it comes to the guess, You're to going the ACC. to the Midwest. You're, yeah. like, you're going to Missouri
0: <laughs> Valley, right?
1: Yeah, exactly. Oh, which which part of the country? Valparaiso
2: Inner Squad scrimmage. <laughs> yeah. Or Tuesday night.
1: I just look and see which part of the country already has snow on the ground, and that's the t- that's the game I want to watch. Um, no, I actually like a team in uh, the game in Florida this week. I like Miami, Miami. Um, On the road, at UF, um, University of Florida. Um, I think it's a great uh, test for Miami. I think it's really... Good chance for Florida to prove itself. You have uh, Dorian Finney Smith leading his uh, kind of crew of youngsters against.
0: Uh, the Virginia Tech Vagabond.
1: <laughs> yes, yes, that's right. That's right. Uh, Dorian Finney Smith, I think, um, has played a lot better this year than he ended last year. You know, I was a little worried about him. Um, I, I didn't think that he was uh, going to be able to play well this year. But, anyways, um, you know, Miami's come off a couple tough games. I really like them in this matchup. And, like we
0: said, they'll be playing in, in front of a 1,000 people.
1: Well, no, they'll, they'll be playing – Um, be, uh, yes, I'm sorry. Yes, they will be playing in yeah, cor- yeah. Coral Gables. Um, not much of a home court advantage there. Uh, the line is currently minus five Miami. I think that a lot of people will be on Miami. I will be one of them. Um, I don't feel great about it, but I, I do believe uh, you're not, in their ability.
0: Yeah, you never feel great when you're going with the public. I understand Have that you ever that. seen yeah. the, the 30 for 30 Gabor. on the U? You
1: know, I have you know what i you know what i've always said about that documentary <laughs> no drugs and women i think i already said that
3: well next thing <laughs>
0: someone's going to bring up how the fab five is a great documentary that's the next thing right yeah i mean that's the best 30 okay 30. stop it all right all right should we talk kidding. about this already i, I can't remember yes <laughs> all right that just about does it except for a few logistics that we need to get out there for our growing listenership thanks guys uh, for tuning in and subscribing and downloading taylor
2: you can find us on iTunes or the podcast service of your choice. Uh, please subscribe and then rate and review us. Uh, you can also find us on Facebook at ACC Basketball Degenerates or on Twitter at ACC Bball Degens.
0: Yeah, please tweet us. Let's get into war with somebody. Can someone like somebody egg us on? We're ready.
2: Jay Billis, or, talk to us. Or we could yeah. have a Jay might, Billis. We might start Tarnowski's going after beard. some young beard. Should we start a, going after somebody
0: account. on Twitter? Should we go after like Jeff Goodman? Tom Surge Green. Tom dying Green. To hear from us. Who? Serge
1: Swicker is dying to hear from us. That's what I've heard. Yeah, let's talk you know, you know, to him.
0: I think we should get after somebody and then their immediate response is going to be like, how many followers we have? Which is not very many, but hopefully it's after growing. this podcast. going on. The Twitter Almost to double digits? Almost. Yes. <laughs> Maybe. We might you, get there.
2: You can also email us, uh, reach us at accbballdegens at gmail.com. That's A-C-C-B-B-A-L-L-D-E-G-E-N-S at gmail.com.
0: Fair enough. Enjoy watching basketball this week, folks, and join us next week. So long.